You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 37-12-87, 1037-WEEI, Southern New England Sports Original. Welcome back to Cordeshi and Coit on WEEI 401-777-1037. The phone number, that text line is 37937 from the text line. Uh, message to those of you who say if you take away the GM duties from Belichick, he will say, F you, I'm leaving for good. Uh, tell him someone will gladly hold the door open for him to leave Foxborough one last time and make sure it doesn't hit him on the way out. Wow. I mean, the, the public sentiment around here has yeah. changed dramatically. I mean, when Brady left and won a Super Bowl in Tampa, I mean, a lot of it started to change against Belichick anyway. But now seeing the four years post-Brady and, and uh, just knowing that the Patriots right now don't appear to be in a position where they're any better than they were, uh, you know, before he left is what really I think has Patriot fan disappointed. And here's one other thing I'm going to say, too. And I, I think I briefly brought this guy's name up last week. I am now convinced, as much as we all applaud Bill Belichick for his greatness as a head coach, I'm now beginning to think the most underrated and maybe the greatest coach that was on that Patriot staff was the retired Dante Scarnecchia. Oh, Again, and, and I say this, and I, and I don't yeah. mean any disrespect to Adrian Clem. I want to give him a chance as an offensive line coach. Right. But, you know, Dante Scarnecchia, no matter what they had up front in terms of injuries, star players, no-name players, that offense performed at a very high level. Yeah. It really hasn't since he's left. Uh, and you look at this year, and, and again, how much of the problems they're having on offense are Mac, are the offense coordinator, are the lack of talent in terms of their weapons. And how much of it is the offensive line? There's a big part. I, I think it's a huge part. Yeah. And, again, Dante Scarnecchia, he could make chicken salad out of chicken oh, bleep. Water into wine, Scott. Water into wine. That was Scarnecchia. Holy moly. It was unbelievable. In uh, I don't think we can ever expect another coach like that at a position again for a long time. I mean, the guy, you're right, it did not matter who was on the offensive line. I, I just, I can't think of a year, and maybe the listeners can help, when when Dante was coaching during the Belichick era, the offensive line was in shambles. Because the, the only other time I can think of the offensive line not performing well was 2015, and Dante had gone through his first retirement they had actually hired another guy and the offensive line was not performing well um so yeah i i, I agree with you i thought about that scott they they absolutely miss dante for sure john crow former producer at the score chimes john. in yep he writes this to to on facebook he says you guys are spot on today on bill's football failures after brady but what surprises me too on Kraft's part is that he continues to allow the face of his billion-dollar franchise to continually, meaning Belichick, disrespect those outside the organization on a daily basis. He can't even dignify the media and thus the fans with his time in putting a simple sentence together. Bill's 24-29 and 29 record without Tom no longer supports that he can snort and ignore his way through press conferences. 
So and we said this would happen. And John, yeah. thanks for that that message. I said that years ago when the Patriots were competing for and winning Super Bowls. I said he gets away with his act because he's winning. Yeah. I said as soon as that winning stops, he's going to be called onto the carpet for it. That's what you know. That's why people in Cleveland turned against him too. They didn't like his personality or lack thereof and the way he handled the media. I said he gets away with it here because he's winning. Well, he's not winning anymore. He's not getting away with it. John, I'll say this, um, you know, because it's a great point to bring up. Um, I think what's what's going to happen more and more, you know, say this season goes downhill. Um, say tomorrow they go out and lose. It'll be one and four, and the season is, I mean, it is on the brink. I mean, one and four is you don't come back from it. Nick, it's going to be ugly in that building. It's going to be ugly. Well, here's well. the here's the thing. I, I think I don't think it's going to be – I just think people are going to stop showing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it's going to be apathy. Yeah. Well, yep. I just I think I think your your media attention is going to start going toward like, all right, well, the Patriots are one and four, and season's sort of lost here. And okay, well, maybe maybe on a on a given day, a, a media outlet looks at it and says, uh, the Celtics are practicing today, and the one and four Patriots are practicing today. Where should we go? Well, the Celtics have a chance of winning a world championship, and just went out and got Chris Dapps today you know and it's going to be i think less and less especially if the act is the way it is i'll give belichick this he's consistent <laughs> oh he's definitely consistent. he's consistent yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't change uh, i'll i will give him that yep you know for better or for worse he did bill is who he is and i actually thought you know and and this is pretty obvious um, you know, you get Bill going on on somebody historical in football. You knew it was going to happen with Dick Buck his passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had some nice words. It was, it was. Yep. It's always interesting. He's a he's a football historian. Yeah, there's right. no doubt about it. Right. He appreciates the history of the sport that he's been a part of. But you're right. The act is it's going to get stale. I mean, the three minute press conference he had on the Friday before the Jets game was like, okay, so what was what was the point of that? You know, what yeah. what was the point? Were you there yeah. for that, Nick? Yep, I was in the room. I I was literally I was like. I said to all the photographers standing next to me, I'm like, I wonder what's going to be longer. The the clip that we get of the stretching and B-roll from practice or this three-minute press conference? Turns out I think we got like four and a half minutes of, of video from practice, and it was a three-minute press I conference. Get, what yeah. really disappoints me most is where the offense is right now because I'm going to go back to that jet game, and, and I'm convinced if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they'd be on four right now, not one and three. Um, but, like – that game never should have been close the way they played. Yeah. They should have won that by two to three touchdowns, in my opinion. Yet the Jets had a chance on that Hail Mary and almost executed it to pull off the victory over the Patriots. And to me, it's all on the offense. That defense played its ass off. Yep. Um, but offensively, just the fact that we are still in a position where we're talking about offensive ineptitude, I mean, that's on the coach. That's well, on the head coach. And, and think about... Think about this week itself, Scott. You have your two defensive pillars so far. Your rookie cornerback, who is defensive rookie of the month, go down with an injury. Your defensive leader on the front seven, your pass rusher, Matthew Judon, goes down with an injury. Both probably likely lost for the season. Arguably the two best players on the team. Well, and look at, look at the urgency that Bill showed in replacing Gonzalez and making sure that, okay, we got to put a product out there. He goes out and trades for J.C. Jackson like that. Great point. Yep. Like that. The offense shows what it's showing, and 
Where's the urgency? Crickets. Where's the, hey, we, I don't know, we, we should probably go get a number one receiver. We should, uh, we should explore this. Or, neither neither lineman, an offensive you know. lineman. And look, I, I, I wasn't, I'm not a huge like fan of, I don't think Chase Claypool is going to change things. But yeah, like, I think he's just another guy, which is what they have. Right, which is why, receiver. but you look at that and you're like, well, were the Patriots in on it? Like, did they... Did they call? I, I will they... say, though, he's got a better chance of succeeding in Miami with their system does. than yeah, right. Pittsburgh well, and, or Chicago. And their weapons, right? Because he's right. not forced into a situation where he's going to try to be a number one. I just I, – the I, – I don't think there was enough urgency with the Hopkins thing. Like, I think they brought him in for a visit, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's, you know, all the – you know, the pomp and circumstance. He goes to Tennessee. It's a long process. If you're Bill, go after him. Go get him. Put a contract on the table and say, like, John, we want you. Like, we don't want you to leave without signing this. Like, yeah. All that. Like, just push him. I, I just didn't feel like there was a huge sense of urgency. See, Nick, I go mind. back to even last offseason when Devontae Adams got traded, A.J. Brown got traded. Yeah. There was no uh, inclination that they were in on any of those deals. Right. right. And that's when, you know, there was an arms race. And these teams go out and they make these moves and certainly help to, you know, particularly the A.J. Brown move. So, I don't know. It's just it was funny to see the urgency that they showed defensively this week, but offensively, I don't think you've really seen that. Four zero one seven 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 one zero three seven. The phone number. Let's kick off the phone calls with Dan and Cranston this morning. Dan, you're first up on Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. Morning, guys. How you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? Good. I want to start with a story real quick off of last week. Uh, a quick one. Eight ten years ago, my office is up in uh, Framingham. Okay. So I'm going down to the Natick Mall to the Apple Store, get an appointment. <clears throat> downstairs, I mean, upstairs, I'm going downstairs. I get in the elevator. Who walks in? Tim Wakefield, right? Uh... So, so we start talking. You know, just a quick hello. Blah, blah. I get out of the thing, still walking. We're both going to the Apple Store. So <laughs> you need to have an appointment. I don't know if you've ever been in one. You probably oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You need the to have appointment. an appointment. They yep. tend to they tend to run late. Yep. So. We basically end up sitting there for 45 minutes, just shooting. The sh- I was going to say that you know what? Yeah, yep. talking about everything. Like, and this is a guy, you know, everything. I mean, just you know, life, and just like I have Red Sox questions, and you know, we go do a thing, and then, but you know, it was a great 45 minutes, and you know what I mean? It was like the, it was just he's the most down earth guy I, I probably have ever met as an athlete, which I have met a lot of them, but. It was just, it stuck with me. And then last week when Schilling opened his mouth, although I'm not stinging him as much anymore because clearly he knew, what was it, three days later that he was going to pass. Um, you know, it just sucks. I just want to, I felt I think the personal you, connection. Yep. Put it that way. Your yeah. story is a great one. And all your story does is reemphasizes and confirms the reaction to Wakefield's passing. I think to a person, every fan, every media member that covered the team, national baseball people, their reaction of sorrow and sympathy for the Wakefield family for losing Tim, not Tim Wakefield the pitcher, Tim Wakefield the person was genuine because of the way he treated others, right? The type of person he was. I I haven't heard any bad things about Tim Wakefield. I haven't. And, and, you know that that's kudos to him. You know, you know he, he lived by the golden rule. He treated others the way that you know he wanted to be treated. And he just he yeah. was a he was your your everyman. You know on yep. this on this Red Sox team, and um, you know some of the stories that you did hear on the field about. Well, I can't remember what the game was, but I think Kevin Kennedy, you know, asked him like, 
hey, we, we need a guy to eat these innings, and he threw like 150 pitches. I can't remember what year that On like two days go rest, he yeah, come right. back. Yeah, right. Mike, go watch the Mike Timlin thing after they won the World oh, Series. Oh, it's unbelievable. With unbelievable. Yeah. Like, this so That's unself, all you need to know yeah. about Tim Wakefield. That's all you need to know. Unselfish. Yep. Right? And, the, and the way I think his story, I, I think the way that he bounced back, I heard that Joe Torre story about, did you hear this, about how Joe Torre, after 2004, the Yankees collapse and the Red Sox win that series. He actually called over to the Red Sox clubhouse and wanted to talk to Wakefield and congratulate him for bouncing back from the year before. Because, because he was on the mound when Aaron bleep and Boone. Up, yeah. He gave up the home run, and yep. he bounced back, and they bounced back. Yep. And I think that's such an underrated part of Tim Wakefield's story is that could that moment, the way that he handled it, the way, I mean, the, the guy that he was, he was the guy that could absorb that and bounce back from that. Right. And that, that was... I mean, just striking, and then and then to go along with it, just the person that he was, the charitable person that he was. He was always here for the CVS Classic with Billy and Brad, and um, you know, I know we were looking. Did a some, lot with Dana Farber. Ah, just it's unbelievable. Yep. So it's so sad all that he I, passed away. All I can say is, I clearly he wasn't really, but I feel like I can say R.I.P. My friend, you know, I really can. Yeah, That's great, I great way to put it. Yeah, great, and and so all unique right. too. So unique. Go ahead. Um, no, good, good story. Yeah. The next three weeks, two weeks, are, are it. So all these three teams have one thing in common in terms of why they're struggling. Their offensive lines are horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. No running game. Now, with Kamara, he was out for suspension. He wasn't yes. hurt. Okay. So, he, but here's the difference, Scott, and I think this is where you're kind of like just going by past history. Normally at this part of the schedule, it's Sam Edlinger and the Colts. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And when they get to the soft part of the schedule, they usually play teams that they are clearly better than. And yep. now you're not. And from a talent perspective on the Raiders and the Saints, you still lose them. Now, yeah. I, 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 I can't imagine that for the that the Raiders or the Saints are going to average like 15 points a game. Eventually, they're going to get their stride. They're gonna. They're going to be able to run the ball. Like Josh Jacobs is averaging like two point eight yards of carry. Yeah, he's. Good. He can blame that on a lot of things. He was out. He sat out camp. Blah blah blah. Eventually, these guys are gonna get it going. Yeah. And I just get the feeling that it's a. I don't know what your confidence schedule. A confidence. Uh, how confident you guys feel about the next two weeks? But I'm very confident about know, tomorrow. Man. Not not as confident about Las Vegas because of the reasons you pointed out. They have the elite weapons on offense to be better than they are. You know, you have Devontae Adams. You have a Josh Jacobs. So they scare me. You have Jacoby Myers. They have more weapons to scare me. But this Saints offense, I'm sorry, they have scored 16, 20, 17, and 9 points in four weeks. Not exactly against Murderer's Row. The Titans, Panthers, Packers, and Bucks. The Patriots have played a much better and stronger schedule than New Orleans. I expect New England to win tomorrow, and I would be surprised if they did not. I disagree on too many levels, mostly because they just lost their best best defensive players, and you seem to be not discounting that because – um, if they say the thing with the, I know Karen Garoppolo, the, these are the two guys. I think they're both better quarterbacks than Mac Jones still, even now. But here's the thing if they get the running game going, both these guys excel at play action. And play action has basically been non existent because if you can't run the ball, you can't run play action. 
You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And I think that both that both these guys, once they get in the rhythm and they can start to run the ball, and it's, to me it's inevitable because Kamara and Jacobs are two of the best backs in the league. If the Lions can figure it out, that opens up everything else. And that's when I think they, there's going to be weeks where they score 25 to 30 points. It's going to happen. It's yeah. just a matter of when. And, and we, we know that the Patriots can't do it. My point is, if Bill can't coach him up to beat this team tomorrow, then then uh, 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 you got to ask the question: like, what yeah. good is he? Like, seriously, like if he can't, I can understand he came up with good game plans, but could not get over the hump against very good teams like Philadelphia and Miami. If you can't coach him up tomorrow to beat this Saints team, I'm sorry. You could talk all you want about Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't fear this team and their weapons and their talent. The Patriots it, it should win tomorrow. I, 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 I think with I, yeah, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead, okay. No, I just want to finish with this. <clears throat> so, Matt Jones, in a nutshell, he's not – he's the same victim of Garoppolo and Carr. No running game, no offensive line. You know what I mean? He's going to be exposed. They all will because there's probably like 75%, 80% of the guys in this league with that with a bad line and a running game can't get it done. Yep. That's the way I look at it. But the thing with Jones and – I actually heard something on radio and I actually went down – I Googled this. I went on YouTube. Go back and look at uh, Alabama press conference with Nick Saban about talking about Mac Jones. One of the, he said this. I found three instances where he said this. I think Mac only played one year there. Yes, maybe yeah. two started. Yeah. He basically said Mac's biggest problem is he lets his emotions get the best of him. Yep. This is what Nick Saban said. Yep. This is a theme. This is who he is. That's not going to change. He's immature. He's dirty. All those things, when he loses, he doesn't probably intend to hit Sauce Gardner in the groin, but that's just his natural reaction. That's who he is. And I think that that wears really thin on not only people around the league, but people in your locker room. And I, sure. yep. He just doesn't have the gravitas to get it done either way, and I think they're doomed. I, I, you, know how, you guys know how I feel. 0-17, let's blow it up the next two weeks. Then they're 1-7 if they lose both these games, and then it's over. So... As they say, take it in the can for the Trojan man. Take care. All right, Dan. Thanks for the phone call. Doom and gloom. 401-777-1037, the phone number if you'd like to join us. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more of your phone calls on Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.